We begin Advent. So four weeks uh, of preparation for Christmas, getting our hearts, our souls, our minds, uh, our attitudes prepared for the celebration of the coming of God into the world. But just before we head off in that direction, I want to ask you a question. What if you woke up one morning and said, you know what, I don't believe anymore. I, I don't believe in Jesus. I don't believe everything that they taught me in church. This is not a hypothetical question. This is what is happening with young adults, with our children, with our grandchildren, with others in the community, that they, even what they grew up with, they're, they're letting go of. And uh, it is a deep loss in them. They're not proud of this. It's, it's a grief. And to their own parents and grandparents, uh, a, a sorrow, uh, an empty hole in our hearts. And <clears throat> it's more than that. It's heartbreaking when, in particular, young adults or anyone is, is giving up on the church uh, because they are woke. You know that term? Uh, woke, meaning being conscious of racial discrimination in society and other forms of oppression and injustice. And they're giving up on the church because it's the institutions that are part of that, that it feels like their church, their institution appears to side with oppression and injustice and marginalization. Now, this isn't news. I didn't, I didn't uh, wake up reading a headline and go, oh my gosh, we got to talk about this. Listen to 2012, the Atlantic magazine. It, said, it uh, had an article called, How Americans Lost Trust in Our Greatest Institutions. The subhead, it's not just Washington. Across the country, citizens' faith in their city halls, newspapers, and churches is fading. 2012. What's a newspaper again? I haven't seen one. It's happening. Uh, and the thing about in Advent is it's not about institutions. It's not even about church. Advent is the opposite of formal power and authority. Jesus wasn't born in a Ritz-Carlton, you know, announced in the church bulletin of the local religious leaders because they were all in anticipation, uh, you know, of this new thing with government officials and photo ops already. Uh, that's not how it happened. He was born in a barn, and the religious community did not even know a Messiah was coming, and the king was trying to have him killed. It's as far away from institution and power as anyone could humanly get. We don't proclaim an institution. We proclaim a savior. For unto you is born this day in the city of David an institution a church, a denomination. No, what? A Savior who is Christ the Lord. Disillusioned people, both young and old, see the church with its headlines today and its hard lines um, and see its sometimes negative impact throughout history. We have to admit that's true. And they become appropriately skeptical of the institutions, but we aren't celebrating institutions. We're celebrating God's incarnate, Life, being born in human flesh and dwelling among us. And it's fine and appropriate to question uh, and um, if the world would be better off without some of our institutions. But the question for us at Advent is, what would the world be like without Jesus? Wow. What changed from B.C. to A.D.? So we're going to answer that question over the next coming weeks, do some of it today. 
but take a look at what has changed in the world since Jesus came. The answer is inspiring and challenging. We can be inspired by followers of Jesus who spent their lives living out their faith once they came to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And we can be challenged to follow today the way people have followed him all throughout the last 2,000 years. Advent is a time to prepare our hearts and minds for the coming of Jesus who appeared about 2,000 years ago as an infant and who has been appearing and changing the world ever since in the appearance of people that look a lot like us and people who look nothing like us. So Yale historian uh, Jaroslav Pelikan wrote this, regardless of what anyone may personally think or believe about Jesus, uh, about him, Jesus of Nazareth has been the dominant figure in the history of Western culture for almost 20 years. 20, sorry, for almost 20 years. For for almost 20 centuries. 20 centuries. So lots has changed, and we'll walk through some of those things today um, and, as I say, in the weeks to come. But let's start at the very beginning. What's one of the most significant universal change everyone understands since Jesus was born? It's this. Calendars changed in a crib. Calendars changed in a crib. Luke 2 says, So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you for coming to Bethlehem. Thank you that you came into this world to make a difference, and you've made a difference in our lives. Would you help us understand what it means to be people of Advent, what it means to be people of Jesus Christ, not of an institution, so that we can make a difference in the lives of people we love and even the people we don't know. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. So we still count our years based on the birth of Jesus, 2019. That means 2019 years ago, approximately, Jesus was born. You know, we don't have a birth certificate. We, we don't actually know exactly what day or year. Uh, it, I can tell you this, it wasn't December 25th, zero, right? They didn't have zeros back then in their counting systems, um, but things began to change right away. As soon as, as soon as Jesus got here, things began to change. So that by 525 AD, um, a, a fellow named Dionysus recommended that we get a new calendar. And, we, and it identified the fact that life and human history changed with the birth of Jesus. Uh, up until then, they were using a Roman calendar. So... Rome ruled for a thousand years, five times as long as America has ever even been a nation, a thousand years. And they had, their calendar began on 753 B.C. at the founding of the city of Rome. And it continued all the way until 500 A.D. 
when they said, you know what, we need to change this. And in just 500 years, Jesus Christ began to change the world so much that Rome fell. Constantine, the emperor of Rome in 300, became a Christian. And by 500, they changed the calendar, and it's been B.C., A.D. ever since. So I want to say a word about Common Era. Do you know when I, when I say uh, before Common Era and Common Era, do you know what I'm talking about? There are, people don't. So <clears throat> it's kind of like metrics, metric system. Um, you know, we, didn't we, we were supposed to adopt metrics, but we didn't really. Um, that's how it is with BCE and CE, before Common Era and Common Era. Uh, and so um, if you read some Christian magazines and, you know, websites, they'll tell you uh, it's, a, it's a conspiracy of, of modern atheist scientists to take Christ out of the calendar, that we're going to change the name to BCE, before a Common Era. Uh, that's not exactly true. Uh, uh, at, uh, at a year 1,000, at year 1,000, people in the world said, you know what, we ought to have a common dating system that everybody can uh, use, whether they are in the Western civilization or, you know, wherever they are, whether they know who Jesus of Nazareth was or not, whether they believe in him or believe in something else, we ought to use a common dating system. So they have before common era and common era. But guess what it's based on? The birth of Jesus. It's still there. It's still based on, you can't take Jesus out of it. By 1,000, he was so integrated into Western culture, you can't take him out. They couldn't start it at any other time. So what changed because Jesus lived? All the things that our young adults are so discouraged by. All the things that they think is important in, in life. All of that changed when Jesus came. Love, forgiveness, hope. All the things we find most important, all the things we are calling for, justice, equality, the rights and values of, of every human being, that all comes from Jesus. Uh, women, and the equality of women. Who was it that found Jesus alive? Women. It was women who were the ones who proclaimed his life, his resurrection for the first time. And Jesus ignored people's color, what country they came from. It didn't matter to him. So we've just been studying uh, Colossians chapter 3. It's Jesus who inspired his disciple, Paul, uh, to write, there is no longer Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. Our understanding of concepts like love, hope, peace come from Jesus. Hospitals and universities have been founded by Christians. The civilization in Western civilization comes from Jesus. So that Yale historian I quoted also said this, if it were possible with some sort of super magnet to pull up out of history every scrap of Western culture bearing at least a trace of Jesus' name, how much would be left? Almost nothing. His, his fingerprint is on everything that we mean by civilized. It's a tragedy that things aren't better than they are. Yes, you would think 
with Christians living in the world, things should be better than they are. And that uh, we should be more loving than we are, more forgiving than things are. But in every place, at every time, followers of Jesus have made a difference. There's a great book. It's called Lest Innocent Blood Be Shed. And it's this quiet little story about a quiet little town in France called Les Chambon. And uh, it was led by uh, Adam Trochme and his wife, um, Magda Trochme. He was the pastor of the church, the Christian pastor of the church in that little town. And when World War II happened and Nazis were overrunning everything around them and people began to flee from Nazism, they came into Les Chambon and they were being hunted and the people said, what should we do? And Adam Trockmay said, we must hide them lest innocent blood be shed. And for years, the entire town empowered by their Christian pastor, hid people running from Nazis in Germany. And when a reporter came to write the story, the pastor was offended. He said, why are you trying to make us heroes? We are only doing what must be done because Jesus tells us to do this. Wow. That's what the difference is that Jesus has made in the world. Because of Jesus, followers of Jesus have stood up to tyranny ever since John the Baptist stood up back then and lost his head, all the way to Martin Luther King Jr. and people all over the world. The world changed because Jesus lived. So what about us? Have we changed because Jesus lived? Have we changed recently because he lived? All of those followers that we've talked about had B.C., A.D. moments in their lives. Times when they would look back and they say, before this moment, it was before Christ in my life. And after uh, that moment, Jesus is in my life. B.C., A.D. By the way, I grew up thinking A.D. meant after death. It doesn't. It's Anno Domini, the year of our Lord which is the same year as his birth. Otherwise, everything would be 33 years off, which would be really awkward. Um, so have you had a BCAD moment? Some of us grew up as Christians. Jesus has always been in my heart. Uh, others of us have turned to faith in times of crisis and challenge. And some of us haven't had a moment at all. We'd say, I, I'm not really a Christian. Uh, it's often in times of crisis that people come to know Jesus and it's interesting to find out who's done that and perhaps people that we've forgotten. Here are some celebrities who surprised their fans when they announced, I've come to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Um, Alice Cooper. Really? Jane Fonda. George Foreman. NASCAR driver Jeff Gordon. MC Hammer. Mr. T. Chuck Norris. Tyler Perry, Mark Wahlberg, golfer Bubba Watson, and today we hear about Chris Pratt and Kanye West. There you go. It's still happening. Um, some grow into their faith over time. Others have that moment where before I didn't know him and after I did. Bob Dylan has that kind of story. And I can't believe I have to stop and explain who Bob Dylan is. But I do. Um, and, but before I say about Bob Dylan, I want to tell you about another one. Um, 
Paul McCartney. So I have a Starbucks Paul McCartney card. And I'm not trying to talk about Paul McCartney and faith or anything. It's just that I went into a Starbucks and I handed my card to the barista. And I am proud of this card. This is like a collector's item. And I handed it to her and she ran it and she said, oh, it's empty. Do you want me to throw it away? Throw it away? <laughs> Do you not know who that is? I, I, I went to the person who was making the drinks. Who is that? That's Paul McCartney. That's an awesome card. And the barista was like, I don't know. <sighs> I'm sorry, Paul. <laughs> All right, so here's a phrase people back in the 60s never thought they'd hear. Um, here's what Wikipedia says about Bob Dylan. Uh, he's an American singer, songwriter, author, and visual artist who has been a major figure in popular culture for more than 50 years. Most of his uh, celebrated works dated from the 60s when songs such as Blowin' in the Wind and The Times, absolutely, they are changing, became anthems for the civil rights movement and the anti-war movement. He was radical. Everybody knew him. He was anti-establishment, anti-institution, a voice of a generation. And in 1978, he said he sensed a presence in the room that could have been, couldn't have been anyone but Jesus, and even felt a hand placed on him. Jesus put his hand on me, he went on. It was a physical thing. I felt it. I felt it all over me. I felt my whole body tremble. The glory of the Lord knocked me down and picked me up. Wow. Have you had a BCAD moment? We don't have to wait for a presence in the room to touch us. The presence of Jesus is here with us today. We can pray a prayer like this. Lord, I don't know if I believe in church. I'm not sure I trust institutions. But people who believed in you have changed the world. I want what they had. I'm willing to believe. Will you come into my life, please? You pray a prayer like that, oh, he'll come in. He will introduce you to people, to situations, to opportunities that will show you the truth of Jesus Christ in the world today. That's a lot for one sermon. Uh, and, and there's so much more to explore. We could spend a year talking about changes that Jesus made because he's come to earth. We'll spend the next four weeks looking at that, but I just want to touch on two simple, powerful changes that happened because Jesus lived. It didn't happen before Jesus. Our second point, humility changed with a towel. Humility changed with a towel. John says, the evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he went up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. Humility was introduced to the world by Jesus. 
Before, before Jesus, that wasn't a virtue. It wasn't a character trait that leaders embraced. We talk about servant leadership, and it's truly about leading like Jesus. Uh, the ancient world honored virtues like courage and wisdom, but not humility. People were divided, basically, into first class and all the rest of us, back in coach. Um, Cicero, a Roman statesman who lived just before Jesus, and he happened to have been assassinated in 43 BC, so maybe it was the things he said. He said, rank must be preserved. And he described anyone uh, not in the top 1% as personas mediocribus. Plutarch, a Greek biographer who lived in 66 AD, wrote a self-help book that, we, that would sell, be on the bestseller list today. It was titled, How to Praise Yourself Inoffensively. Today, it would say, in three steps, right? <laughs> Jesus' life as a foot-washing servant leader would eventually lead to the adoption of humility as a widely admired virtue. Uh, we already said Jesus wasn't born in a Ritz-Carlton. He was born in a barn into a blue-collar family, just like many of us. Uh, he, his associations were with people from the wrong side of the tracks, you know, um, the less desirables. He was challenged and criticized for it regularly because it didn't matter to him. He went into the head religious leader's home and into other people's homes that the religious leader would never talk to. Humility is an important but challenging character trait that we could ascribe to. Um, how do you know when you're humble? That's, that's kind of an odd thing. I was once talking to a staff and I said, oh, I preached a sermon on humility once. It was one of the best sermons I've ever preached. <laughs> They're like, really? <laughs> um, and and uh, it, there are people who, you know, they, Christians, they say, oh, don't pray for humility. God will give it to you. Pray for it. Pray for it. Seek to be humble. It's one of the most important things Jesus brought into the world. And the world could use some more of it. Pray for humble leaders, humble church leaders, humble political leaders. If there is, if that even can be. The world changed in terms of humility. And it also changed from B.C. to A.D. in one other important area. Forgiveness changed on a cross. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. As they divided up his clothes by casting lots. He'd already been nailed to the cross. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others. Let him save himself if he is God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine, vinegar, and said, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him which read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God? He said, Since you and are, uh, are under the same sentence, we are punished justly for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Rem Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise, forgiven. 
by asking for it. Unheard of before Jesus. There's a book called Before Forgiveness, and the author makes the case that the modern notion of interpersonal forgiveness, person to person, uh, which is quite important today, right, in religion uh, and uh, politics and psychotherapy, was altogether absent in the classical world of both the Greek and Roman world. Before Jesus, there was a concept of appeasing anger, right? Can you, you can imagine what that means. It means if you angered a god or you angered a leader or a king, you could appease them, which means they won't punish you, but they didn't forgive. They didn't forgive you, you can, but you can appease them by doing something for them. That's not what we do. We don't appease God. We ask forgiveness. That came from Jesus. We studied uh, Colossians 3 for the last several weeks, and the author Paul, a follower of Jesus, wrote this, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. Now, I want you to realize that book was written 20 years after Jesus died and rose from the dead. 20 years. A concept that didn't exist before Jesus was born. And 20 years after he began teaching it, it's being communicated to people all over the Greek world through followers like Paul. The world is changing before our very eyes because Jesus lived. Within years of him t saying it. It's a terrible, heartbreaking time when and if somebody finds they no longer believe. Uh, and how terrible to lose something so precious to them, painful to people they love, and how diabolically horrible to lose it because of something that isn't true. Something that is institutional and not something that's Jesus Christ. So what changed from B.C. to A.D.? What difference did Jesus make? All the difference in the world. So if we're going to demonstrate a faith worth believing, a faith that Jesus actually taught us to live, then I want to encourage you to do something. I want to implore you to do something for your sake and for the sake of people we love. Let's begin to adopt those teachings and incorporate them into our lives that he taught, that he demonstrated humility and forgiveness. So here's the next step for you, us to take this Advent season. Make room in your calendar for moments of humility and forgiveness. Make room in your calendar for moments of humility and forgiveness. Now, that's kind of a, an outcome so what would be a behavior we could do to actually see that accomplished? So each day when you get up, or, or and or, uh, whenever you're about to do something Christmassy, right? You're, you're going to go buy stuff, or you're going to hang decorations, you're going to write notes. Just say this to yourself and pray it to God. In humility and with forgiveness, I do this. That's easy to remember. In humility... And with forgiveness, I do this. I let that begin to permeate our lives. So I just go back to where we started. It's heartbreaking when people we love lose their faith or leave an institution like the church. 
because they haven't seen the difference Jesus truly makes. So may we be part of a better world. May we become the people that change lives because of how people see us. Part of what changed because Jesus lived.